and welcome to a special episode of James Bond and Friends. James Bond today is tied up in New York City getting thrown softball questions from the GMA. So I'm your stand-in co-host today, James Page from MI6 and MI6Confidential.com. Also, Paul Atkinson of the same status. So we're going to co-host this big round panel, and I think this is a record for the number of guests we've ever had. So I'd like to welcome Bill Koenig, David Lee, Joseph Darlington, Calvin Dyson, and Phil Nobile Jr. to the crew. Would you like to introduce yourself, guys? Hi, I'm Bill Koenig. I run a blog called The Spy Command, and I am the keeper of the Bond 25 timeline. And it's David Lee here. I run the James Bond dossier, and I'm author of The Complete Guide to the Drinks of James Bond. Good afternoon. I am Joseph Darlington, head of section from Being James Bond. I have a humble little podcast and a YouTube channel of the same name, and I wrote uh, Being James Bond, Volume 1. Hello, this is Calvin Dyson, and I run the YouTube channel Calvin Dyson Reviews Bond. And I'm Phil Nobile Jr. I edit Fangoria Magazine, but you, you will not stop me from talking about Bond, no matter what my day job is. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the trailer primarily, and then we'll pop on out at the end and talk about the way that it was revealed, because we always talk about the business of Bond, regardless of whether or not you want to listen to it. So first, we're going to give each of our panelists in, in, in no particular order the opportunity to spiel, to give us their hot take. And then we will step through it semi-chronologically and semi-thematically and talk about some of the characters, locations, cinematography, music, as best as we can judge, and uh, give you our raw and unvarnished take on the trailer that we've waited many months for. So I would like to invite Bill to have the first say. Well, I, uh, I enjoyed the trailer, and uh, I thought it answered some questions, some fan questions, and raised even new ones, which was good because that's what a trailer should do at this point. And also, I think we can now drop the uh, label of a teaser trailer because this was a full-fledged trailer. It went for two minutes and 35 seconds. And back on episode 22 of this podcast, uh, we referenced how there was a rough cut of a teaser trailer, but whatever happened since the end of August and now, clearly they decided to go for a full-fledged trailer and that's what we got. And it was great. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Thank you, Bill. Um, David, would you step up to the plate? Okay. Um, well, I, I agree with Bill that uh, it is a full trailer rather than just a, a teaser trailer. And uh, that, I guess, was one of the surprising things because it, it's way, way longer than I was expecting. And uh, uh, and the, there's an awful lot in it as well. I don't quite know how many times I've watched it, but uh, quite a few, including slowed down because uh, I just couldn't keep up with uh, the amount in it. And uh, to, to me, I, I think there, were, there was too much in it and I wish they'd just slowed it down a bit, but that may just be me. Some things I don't quite get, like why they showed the leap off the bridge and why didn't they save that for the film? And I think they could have hinted at the machine guns in the DB5 without giving away the outcome. Uh, I find that a bit a bit odd. And I, I thought that really there's so much action in it that it feels a bit like a generic action flick rather than a Bond film. And, you know, a Bond film needs to feel like a Bond film. And I don't really get that vibe as much as I'd like to, but uh, I love the look of Matera and Jamaica and the Cuba scenes. The villain's lair clearly has a bit of Ken Adam DNA in it, but I'm not so I'm not quite sure why there are lightsabers in one of those scenes. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few uh, hints as to the plot, but I, I can't really, uh, join any of the dots, but uh, I'd say Madeline appears to survive the pre-titles. Looks like Lashana Lynch is 
007 is suspected, and Anna de Armas looks like she can handle herself. Uh, she's got a couple of guns, and uh, she drop kicks a guy in the chest, as far as I could make out. So uh, that looks pretty good. The other kind of things are that... I just wonder how many lock-up garages Bond has. And, a ship uh, every port. <laughs> can we expect Wet Nelly to appear in Bond 26? <laughs> um, then uh, one, one curious thing to, to finish. Um, in his house in Jamaica, there's a pile of books, and I, I paused that just to, to see if I could have a look. You, you might expect a book on, on sea fishing there, but the, the book at the top of the pile is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle. It is. Uh, which I thought was a curious one for Bond, but it's a great book. Well, he's retired. He needs a bit of zen. <laughs> he's a vintage car <laughs> Apparently he is, yeah. I, I don't know if he... In, in Skyfall, we saw that line of garages. I, I, would, I wonder if he, he just rents all of them and he's just I'd got a different car in each one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe, can you uh, let us know your hot take? Yeah, uh, I, I took a break from being an adult today and took the day off uh, specifically to watch the trailer and to react. And after I watched it several times, my girlfriend sent me a text and she said, was it as orgasmic as you expected? And I, in <laughs> all the maturity I could muster, said, yes. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was... You're the only one that's um, worried that it was too short, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you allocated a day and it was only two minutes. Yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be too careful. Two and a half minutes, to be precise. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I echo uh, what you guys said about this being definitely being a full-blown trailer as opposed to a teaser. Uh, I even think it kind of danced the line of giving us too much. Um, I think it kind of gave us just enough that I'm kind of good to go. I don't need more. I don't need a longer trailer. I feel like we got it it definitely gave us a great sampling of of what we can expect and, and it, it did it in a way where you know it's already been said that we can't quite connect the dots uh and i thought that was good very smart on their part they, it, was, it was pretty well crafted it's a gorgeous looking trailer uh i think it put a lot of fears to rest which we will talk about and yeah i think just it was as far as igniting my excitement, job well done. Great. Kelvin. Yeah. Uh, well, I relied on deep, dark parts of the internet to provide me with a live link to the Good Morning America uh, reveal because I was so just nervous that they would air it there and then it'd be another like half an hour, an hour before it went out online. Uh, I kind of agree with what David was saying about how much is actually revealed in this, Like, but I, I just take it as being just very rich in detail and content it gives a lot away but i think it's all given away in the service of intrigue i'm really curious to know how all these dots are connected i have even more questions now coming out of it i was impressed at how much it focused on nomi and madeline uh, which i wasn't really expecting and just all the different various avenues of conflict that bond is going to have in this it looks like he's got something going on with nomi and then with madeline and then with mi6 with safin with blofeld as well it just seems like he's gonna have a lot to deal with in the film which is quite exciting there was so much action in it which uh is something of a relief i guess coming off of the trailers of uh you know, the, the previous Craig films, Skyfall, Spectre, uh, which were very serious and probably went down more of a mystery thriller route rather than action. Um, I was impressed that it actually included a gag as well. I can't remember the last time there was ever a moment in a 
in a Bond trailer where we were supposed to laugh. But the bit where he's at the, with the desk sergeant giving his name, I thought that was um, a very interesting point. And mm-hmm. also, Blofeld is in Wakefield Prison, which makes the second reference in the Bond series to uh, my home region of Yorkshire, which I was very excited <laughs> about. The other being when uh, Bond is going undercover as a man from Leeds in Octopussy. Not only a gag, but also a gag based on one of the... on probably the oldest trope of the whole film series. <laughs> yes, we got Bond, James Bond. We got our gun barrel. Took yeah. all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. The, other, the other joke, um, Calvin, was the, the shooting him in the, the good leg, right? Yeah, that, that ah, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah, I forgot about that one. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. But I'm thinking of where the security guard doesn't recognize Bond and he says, he goes, Bond. And like, uncomfortable sense james bond like <laughs> like i used to work here that was the joke and it was like okay that's a pretty entertaining twist on on that's what i mean by the oldest trope in the series mm. going back to the first time connery said bond james bond <laughs> mm. um so i thought i thought that was yeah, good I, I laughed I, and i saw both of your reaction videos and you <laughs> laughed so i so i i think that's that yeah. was the intent so that's yeah, good very, yeah yeah very much so. Overall, I was like super positive um, coming out of it. Very, very pleased. And finally, Phil, could you give us your hot take? Oh, it's, it's going to be a little lukewarm after all you guys chimed in, but I think uh, I think y'all covered it. But I, I will say what it did. It gave a lot. It didn't give away a lot. I think it's it was a meal of a trailer. It showed so many things that we expected to see, but not in a way that we could figure out you know, what exactly what's happening in the movie. I, I don't know what this movie is about at the moment uh, beyond the synopsis they've already released. Uh, and that's a good thing. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that they blew up the idea that Madeline is uh, a cameo. She, she, they clearly have some sort of falling out and are reconnected later. Um, I think the, you know, the, you guys picked on his storage. If you own an Aston Martin storage is part of your life. You're going to have to figure out some storage solutions. You know, don't, don't hit on him for <laughs> properly. Imagine owning four. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, you know, he's got a lot to deal with there. Um, I, I was so energized by it and so excited about what I've seen. And it's, I love, as, as someone else mentioned, I love that there's a gag that, the, you know, the, they've found a new way to put Bond, James Bond in the thing. That was great. I cannot at the moment find that particular edition of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance on eBay, but I will continue to look. <laughs> it'll become like Bulldog Jack and it'll be yeah. ridiculously uh, collectible in I'm a, sure. a year's time. Um, but yeah, I was not expecting a, a full trailer, and, and, and it really over-delivered in, in a good way, I think, and I couldn't be happier with what I saw so far. Awesome. Thank you. So I was, keep, I, was, I, was keep, I was keeping scores. David, you sounded a bit kind of like maybe it was too much. Yeah, I, the, the, a bit fair? too much for me. Yeah. Phil, Calvin, you were, Joe, you were jazzed. Bill, where'd you fall on the spectrum? B plus, I'd say. All right. Oh yeah, let's do that, Bill. So you say B plus, David. Yeah, I, I I can't give it a I can't give it a score because I I honestly don't know. I, I was thinking about this earlier, and I I think that I've just been following uh, along with Bond for so so many years. It's just um, messed up a bit of the fandom for me. All right, so we're going to say not graded. Uh, ungraded. Uh, Joe. All right, ungraded, Joe. I'm going to give this bad boy an A. I, I kind of felt like I, I don't know how much more, frankly, it could have given us without crossing the line of too much. Again, it, it's it, it, I feel like when we're doing this, we're trying to sort of predict 
is this a reflection of the final film? And I'm going to kind of try to grade the final film, you know, in advance. Uh, I'm not just strictly on the trailer alone. I think what we've got is spectacular. The look of it, the feel of it really spot on. So yeah, I'm definitely going to give this an A. All right, Kevin. Yeah, I, I echo um, all of Joe's sentiments. It's a, it's an A from me as well. Just as a piece of marketing, uh, I, I think it yeah works really really well. Bill, uh, I'm I'm an A, maybe an A minus. The only the only note of disappointment I can say is the last shot tells me that we're maybe not going to get a proper damn gun barrel again uh, because they're blowing <laughs> it in the film somehow. Uh, but that's that's okay, that's fine. Um, and you know the the way they offhandedly threw the Blofeld thing out there, you know, it was a rumor and people saw him on set. No one officially announced anything. They're 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 playing the marketing so much smarter than they did Inspector, where they were trying to hide an obvious secret. And here they're just kind of putting their cards on the table and letting you take away what you want. But I, I, you know, I feel like you know, we, uh, many of you said you can't connect the dots with this trailer, and I think that's kind of a feat to give you as much as they did and not blow the movie for you. Uh, I think this trailer is pretty strategically put together, and uh, and I'm giving it uh, lots of credit for that. Yeah, bouncing back to the Blofeld thing, you know, his uh, M says he's our most valuable asset that we uh, might have burnt. <laughs> Um, the observation that I had, I guess, about the trailer that you haven't picked up on is I'm just thinking back to past trailers where you get maybe a concerted block of dialogue from one of the scenes, you know, the Skyfall interrogation or um, when Bond does his, his references, Skyfall yeah. finished. <laughs> but this trailer didn't seem to have any concerted mm. block of dialogue to give us a sense of one of the things that they've been telling us so much about, which is how beautifully written this film is and how it's gone through so many talented hands. And yet majority of what we saw was hmm. impressive stunts and action. And so partly that puts me on the fence to think, well, what's left for the film? And the other part of it is, well, if you've got such a woody, brilliant script, show us a little bit of it, even if it is just from an isolated scene that makes not yep. much sense in the context. Just show us. Maybe that's a, the next trailer. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. May, I mean, I'm, that's just a guess. I'm, I'm not. Because you, you know, there has to be one, at least one more trailer. And actually, you know, if the, if, and if they only do one more trailer, that's fine by me because, essentially, I think this trailer makes up for like the lack of a teaser trailer back in the late summer, early fall. So like, I don't think they have to do. More than one more trailer. So, I mean, I was pretty satisfied. (laughs) At least. We'll be be sick of them. Mm. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) I'm sure I jinxed it by saying that. There you go. One a day. (laughs) So I did did a little experiment because we were kind of in the Bond fan echo chamber for a few hours this morning. I called three buddies who had all seen the Craig movies in the theater and on Blu-ray but aren't like hardcore Bond fans. They just, they're more into Marvel and DC and stuff. Their reaction was, and this is universal across all three of them. Looks great. I have no idea what's going on. Who's the blonde chick again? Oh, Christoph Waltz is back. And there was no, nothing about the connections to Spectre clip. And it's been, and it's been, and it's because it's been five years. And as one of them was, one of them pointed out, Disney have released all of their Star Wars movies in the period of Spectre to this movie. That's Mm. fine because... Yes, you cited Star Wars. Like, how many Marvel movies come out in a five-year period? So it's like, I mean, honestly, if you went beyond the hardcore Bond fans, remember Madeline Swan? Who? What? Huh? Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was my point. Is I th- this trailer? This yeah, trailer, I, 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 I showed I, my, my wife watched the the trailer at, at lunchtime, and she uh, that was basically her re- response to it. it she she watched it, and it was like, well, yeah, okay, too many gadgets. Daniel Craig, yeah, great. Oh. Is that that blonde that was Inspector? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not much recognition. Oh, oh, actually, there was something else. And she said, oh, yeah, the, the villain looks pretty good. Yeah, and she was referring to Waltz. And I said, well, he, he was Inspector, you know. They must be aware of that, though. I, I, I can imagine they'll make it, they'll have to make it work for people who they, they know people don't know these films as, as well as certainly we all do. Uh, and I, I'm going to assume that uh, if you did just watch the trailer and hadn't seen Spectre, you would just assume that these were somehow new characters or I don't know. I, I can't imagine they wouldn't make it work in some way. I've been on the train about I'm getting tired of the DB5 and I still believe that but like okay you like you you, you got to kind of get out of jail card with this trailer. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. see with the movie but like okay all right I'm willing to you know give you a pass for for now. I, I, I guess I guess um, be, before the pre-title sequence, they can say in the previous episode. Yes. Well, you know, and maybe they do that instead of the gun barrel. Previously on James Bond, as we titled the previous episode, but that, you know what's and you know what, at this point, if they didn't have the gun barrel to start, I wouldn't. I I never would believe I'd say this. That might be fine because with Spectre, it's like I always thought the gun barrel should be at the start. And normally that's the case, but like with Spectre, it seemed kind of shoehorned, especially when Craig was like waving his arm, like showing he's carrying a gun. It's like, maybe, you know, if you're going to do it that way, like maybe don't have the gun barrel at the start. Like, okay. It was the most begrudging gun exactly. barrel ever. Exactly. I can't imagine that they won't have it at this in this one, especially because I feel like once they went back to it, mm. now to they pull can't it go off, back. yeah, yeah. Based on the very end of the trailer, my joke on you know before the whole Lashana Lynch and all the other stuff came out, my joke about the controversy of Bond Twenty Five was <laughs> were they going to put the gun barrel in the middle of the film, just to, just to, just to fuck with everybody? Well, maybe, maybe they will. I, I I think I've got a great idea for the gun barrel. What they should do prior to the introduction of each Aston Martin, they should have a different gun barrel. Honest <laughs> to God, true story. Like so, one time, the first time ABC showed. From Russia with Love on American television, they showed God. What I'm trying to remember now. They didn't show the gun barrel at the start. They like went to like directly to the pre-credit, then the titles, and then they did the gun barrel, and then they picked up <laughs> with the rest own. of the film. Like, what the hell did I just see? And they, and they only did it once. But, <laughs> so yeah. I feel like they also they did blow one secret, but you have to be looking for it. Uh, the whole idea of whether Nomi is 007 or not. <laughs> When when uh, M yeah. says where's Double O Seven? Yes, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Who the hell else can he be talking about exactly? Or he wouldn't be referring to Bond because Bond is retired and no longer has that that designation, so he wouldn't be calling Bond Double O Seven within that trailer. Because I put this in the post I I put out a few hours ago. I said if they want to go down that route, yes. that Nomi is the you know the new Double O Seven. Clearly, they can do that if they choose to do so. There's nothing in the trailer that says they won't, but you know, but they haven't confirmed it either, so it could go either way. But yeah, I, 
and the, and the, and the fact that it cuts to him being in Jamaica. Yeah, exactly. That's not how it'll be in the film, obviously. But mm. uh, no, no, no. But yeah, no, my point exactly. is, like, they, 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 you know, that, that's misdirection. Yeah, that, yeah that screamed yeah. out. So the camera scenes filmed in Jamaica and then at Pinewood. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's hard to tell the difference between them in the trailer with the exception of the fact that most of the stuff in yeah. Cuba is at night and most of the stuff in Jamaica is during the day. That's fair. Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. That's yeah. why that's why Cuba can uh, be doubled for by Jamaica is because you don't see much of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that also explains why they had to keep those sets up for so long when there were like all these uh, changes in the production schedule because of Craig's injury and whatnot. Um, it's like they're really key to the movie. You like can't tear them down. You got to keep them up until you film the last scene. Let's do one thing that you have questions about, eat because that might cover most of it. Do you want to do it in reverse order? So do you want to go first, oh, Phil? Oh God, why are you doing that to me? Um, so I guess my, my question is. You know, based on the speculation we'd had where a young girl was being chased through the snow by a guy in a broken mask months and months ago, you remember that, if that is meant to be Madeline as a child, uh, <laughs> and the person pursuing her is meant to be Safin, uh, which is Rami Malek's character, oh, how good. the hell old is Rami Malek meant to exactly. be in this movie? And did no one at Eon get the memo from BFI about no more facial scarring? Right. Do you want to expand on that for peeps, Phil? Oh, well, uh, back in 2018, the BFI said they, and this doesn't affect Eon, obviously, but the BFI said they were no longer going to give film grants to films that uh, featured facial scarring with villains, which at the time all of us <laughs> said, well, that's, I hope, I hope the Bond franchise takes a note. And, and it, they went right out and made up another scarred villain, which I thought was. Well, the last one first, clearly nobody got the um, memo. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a history that Fleming's Fleming grotesques are, are often you know the, the center uh, of the villainy in the films. And when when BFI said that, you know, culture is changing and and what's acceptable is changing, and and people are hearing each other a little bit more in terms of like, hey, you know, there's people walking around with facial deformities, and we don't always like being villains in movies, but uh, Eon is sticking to their old school guns here and and going with the classic Fleming grotesque as its villain. I think that's kind of intriguing. And not just Fleming, but some of the continuation uh, authors uh, have have also, you know, taken the uh, baton from Fleming. Right. The guy had monkey hands or something. That's the one I was trying to remember. I didn't want to blurt it out. But yes, that that one, that guy, Sebastian yes. Fox uh, novel. There it is. We're an equal opportunities employer. Um, so we see Rami Malek in two scenes, right? We see him in his little temple that reminded me of Muraka. <laughs> and we also see him in the snow, right? Is facial deformity worse in the snow? Does it just get worse when it's cold? Or <laughs> well, well, also, this is what came to me on Sunday night when they showed that little quick commercial with 15 seconds of shots. There's that one shot of, I guess it's Rami Malek behind that glass, but it's not straight glass. It's got bumps or whatever the pattern is yeah it's called Stephen yeah. Yeah. Which, what what that reminded me of was dr no when bond finally gets through the um mm. it wasn't the full-fledged uh obstacle course in the novel but he gets through all you know all those uh sure all those all those interior things in dr no's hideout and he finally gets out and then he kills the guy so he can get his radiation suit and that scene of Bond killing the guys behind glass is like almost identical to that 
uh, shot <laughs> that we saw in the trailer, it's like, okay, is this an homage to Dr. No? Maybe. I mean, is it more than an homage? I don't know. Maybe it's the like, origin story to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, uh, it's like, I'm not a big believer in coincidence when it comes to movies because directors love to put homages to directors that the, to other directors that they take an influence of um and it's not just bond directors it's like you know it's uh what's his name christopher uh, nolan in the, when he did interstellar he had this he had this shot of like these two guys fighting and they're like in the lower corner of the frame and like all this desolate mountain and it's like almost an identical copy of a shot from um william wyler the big what was that the big i can't remember the title now damn um but it's like you know william wyler did this thing where charlton heston and gregory peck are fighting down in the lower corner of the frame it's like oh he's you know i'm, I'm thinking clearly he's seen the movie and he's like this is his homage and like directors do this all the time yeah, in the, in the Bond franchise, though, it's it's often lousy with echoes and callbacks, and, and oftentimes right. the they don't really mean anything, though. It's just sort of uh, grace notes and little flourishes right. that are, are in the DNA, right? So I, I don't want to go down too far down the rabbit hole of, 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 of Rami Malek is playing Dr. No, which is a rumor that's catching some fire. <laughs> are, you, well, are you buying into that? I don't know. I mean, just like what, but when I saw that shot, yeah. suddenly this idea popped in my head. Wait a minute. You had that same kind of glass in Dr. Mm. No. And like, by the way, so like going all the way back to Dr. No, the whole thing about you don't see Bond's face right away at that at the uh, casino, you know, like Terrence Young stole that stole. He was inspired by another director on a whole nother movie and a whole nother concept. I mean, directors do this all the time. So sure. a, Phil, you mentioned yeah. grace notes and callbacks. Yes. No, no shot of Grace Jones in the trailer. I'm, much, I'm disappointed. <laughs> she, she, I think if you step through the Jamaican club, maybe she's in the background. You can say she, we're wait. That'll be in no, the no, second. Okay. She's trailer. doing the title. Uh, she's doing the title theme, <laughs> and she'll, she'll appear in the title sequence. Uh, I tell you what, if you guys want to talk about the Doctor No connection, I'll I'll throw this out there. I, not only am I kind of totally on board with that now, but I almost felt like this trailer was sort of an admission that yes, this is Doctor No. Because honestly, first of all, I, I, I went back in my mind as I was watching this and I was thinking, okay, they went from a reason to die to no time to die. And then at the end, there's a line in the trailer when he says something about history does not look kindly on people who, who think of themselves as God or however he says it, which I thought was a direct callback to what Bond says to Dr. No about right. the, the asylums are loaded with people who think they're Napoleon or God. I, I, I honestly said to myself, I said, I think that is a full-blown big wink to fans get ready this is where we're going with this and, and also there's also a shot of the villain's lair in the trailer that looks kind of sort of like the um oh that scene in dr no where dent comes in with the big uh, grill in the <laughs> ceiling yeah it was the it was the we don't have any money ken what can you yeah. knock up in a day set which has become yeah, but it looks like a more elaborate version I, 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 of that because we Today, we got yeah. the money to do this, so we can like do it up bigger. If this was a sensibly, if you were to plan a franchise out and you say, well, this is Craig's last movie, this is his own timeline, we're going to reboot, 
why would you bring back a classic villain for his last film? Why not save that idea for the next go? Um, but then, why you not know, save Blofeld? Blofeld, Blofeld's bronze brother. So fuck it. You know, why not? Doctor Noah's his well, cousin. The, the, the series is full of bad decisions. So uh, that's I, I've had conversations <laughs> with people going back before Spectre, where I've had people suggest to me that this whole Craig era is sort of a a, a prequel of sorts to the bigger Bond franchise, meaning, again, I've had it suggested to me that that the last film would literally have ended with a meeting with them where he says, well, now that that's all done, we're going to send you to Jamaica to meet this guy with funny hands. So I find this to be pretty, there's a logic behind it, especially, like you said, especially since they're going to dip into Blofeld and Spectre, why not? Well, Spectre no. blows that out of the water a little bit in terms of making it in terms of a literal uh, approach to that, but there is a sort of uh, poetic True. closing of the loop if you if you drop Craig off at Doctor No, I suppose. Um, but I, I'm a member of Spectre. Yeah, I know. I've I met Blofeld. I put him in prison. <laughs> <laughs> the last few movies like blow out the idea of planning four movies ahead. Anyway, <laughs> but so it's like if if you look at it of the moment and they're saying i got a great idea and like there's all these yes men in the in the meeting oh well that's a great idea it's boss true. um the thing against this though really is that when skyfall came out and there's that last scene in m's traditional office and people were saying oh it's because you know it's gonna yep. lead to uh back to dr no and so i i feel really that we've been there before and it, it didn't go anywhere yeah. it um you know, it went off on a, on a quite a tangent. After the 007 Legends uh, video game, which sort of poses that the events of Doctor No to Die Another Day kind of happen in <laughs> yeah. between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, it took me until Spectre to kind of put that out of my mind completely, that that continuity didn't sort of happen to Daniel Craig in a sort of strange way. Like he, in the game, you know, we see him marry Tracy, um, he goes to space, he fights with Sanchez from License to Kill and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Spectre again just sort of blew all that out of the water. But I thought it was an interesting, um, yeah, proposition. Whilst we're talking about glass from Doctor No, we should mention Q- Q's house because his mm. door, his yes, door is where the glass. identical yes, to it the. Yes, I noticed that, and I was wondering if it was the same glass. So either, either Q has like. Q's a cosplayer. Yeah, I was going to say he gets up to stuff in the evenings. That it's just <laughs> <up>. <laughs> he got it at a he got a clearance sale from Crab Key. It's like, oh, here's this glass. It's been sitting around for yeah. a whole bunch of years, and like I bought it. It looks good. Black well, Friday deal. <laughs> but when you look at the, um, if we're assuming that Safin behind the mask, um, when there is that yeah. shot of him looking from behind the glass, he is in that. It's yes. a Parker, isn't it? That's the right. jacket that he wears, yeah. which is which is the same clothing he's wearing when he's trudging through the snow. So either that trudging through the snow either that's just his sort of like michael myers jason Voorhees, you know serial killer get up and that's where he goes out to kill him right he got a bulk lot of yeah. jackets and he's just been wearing exactly through them. he didn't want them to go out of stock or maybe the snowy sequence isn't a flashback and um yeah that's some happen happening concurrently that you know i, I was wondering the same thing because i thought when i watched that scene i thought this was going to be the villain who puts the mask on again at the end of the film 
mm. for some symbolic reason. But then I realized I, as I watched it the 13th or 14th time that behind the glass, the mask is still intact. Yeah. He suffered an injury mm. somewhere in that scene. And, there, and those burns are very fresh right. in, in the snow when, when you're seeing his, his face with the cracked mask. It's a, it seems like a fresh injury. And then right. that's why I assume it's a flashback because you're, he's somewhat healed when Bond runs into him. He may have sent the crack mask to uh, Madeline and she got that at MI6 mm. and she's, oh, and Bond is going, what's the deal here? And like, you don't know. And does this mean that, we're going to have so. our first fully blown flashback sequence? You know, I in a swear Bond to God, film? I was thinking the same thing. Gold Knight. <coughs> Gold Knight. I was, you know, I had that same vibe. I was saying to myself, I wonder if this thing is going to be a linear timeline just with large gaps in time, or is it going to be yeah. like a full blown Tarantino esque thing where we start off at one period of time, but then go back and explain things that led up to this. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think organize more of a, a preface. A prologue. If they, if, if they want to be real men, they can be like John Ford and do a flashback mm. with yeah. a flashback. The man who shot Liberty Valance. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not as if one character is sat there thinking, ah, oh, yes, that time many years ago when wibble, wobble, <laughs> wibble, wobble. <laughs> So was that your burning question, Calvin? Did we take off your burning question? Because I think you were next in the queue. Did you have another burning question? Well, I kind of had, I kind of had one more. Um, there was the glass, and then there was also that scene where Bond is driving the um, the Land Rover. I want to say uh, through the uh, the water. He's driving, yeah. and there is someone in the back of the car. I couldn't quite make out who it was. Uh, I'm. It's a blonde mm. lady. I to me, in, on my screen, it doesn't look like Madeline. So I was wondering if anyone had any thoughts on on that. If anyone knows the very specific sort of fraction of a second yeah. shot that I'm James referring. Bond breaks the blondes. <laughs> he also lights the cigarettes. <laughs> Excuse me, I, I I need fifteen minutes either here. before or after. <laughs> I'll be back. But again, that the the timeline of that. I mean, it it looks like that chase happens, and then he's wandering around, and then Nomi turns up in the car. I think that's the lineage mm. of that. And yeah, and then and with that bit with the sunglasses and you know, eyes him, which is mm. a great shot. I should mention I, this morning I put on one of my off-white Henleys with three-quarter length <laughs> sleeves, which I'm glad Craig's bringing them back because I got a couple of them <laughs> and now I, can, now I can wear them again. You can wear that at the premiere, That's right. James. Um, but Calvin, you pointed something out on Twitter that I think ah. we should talk about. Which was the, I mean, the funny thing is you took something away from the same frame that I did. I took the, he's in Wakefield <laughs> as a joke. You know, where's Savra Blofeld? W w Wakefield. Yeah. Um, but you got something else out of that frame, yeah, which I completely Blofeld's missed. Blofeld's age, date of birth is given as the 4th of the 7th, 1946, which would make him 73 years old, which I suppose we we extract from that that Bond, based on the family photograph that we saw in Spectre, is like, what, 63 years old, 65 years old? Or maybe there was just a typo in the uh, visual I, I, effect. I, I've got a theory. I've got a theory here then, Calvin. Perhaps um, when he mm. took on the identity of Blofeld, he took somebody else's identity, and that is the date of the person, of the mm. real Blofeld, not him. He's just beginning to leave home as Joe Bond comes to be adopted, and then but he still manages to develop a bit of world-domineering rivalry. <laughs> uh. And he's really not Bond's 
foster brother, which will solve that plot hole or solve that thing that Bond fans hate. And so like, we'll do this. It's like, and Eon, if you're listening, I'll, uh, I'll put you in touch with a lawyer. We can negotiate a settlement for this. Mm, I, I expect that by the time, I, if that I, shot is indeed in the finished film, it'll probably be changed to, someone pointed out, it was probably supposed to be like 1960. 10 years earlier, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Because Christoph Waltz is oh. he's like sixty three, isn't he? He's you know, I don't think he's yeah. The way it was set up in Spectre in the photo, it, it looked like he was supposed to be yeah. a couple of years older yeah. than Bond, mm-hmm. not t- fourteen yeah. years older. So that's. I mean, I mean, Joe's a graphic designer, right? And he knows you just pump anything in the template for the now, and they'll fix it later. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or Bond is now about 63 years old or thereabouts. <laughs> well, unless this is this whole anti-aging business that's going on. Yeah, but he would have, he would have to have had that as a child. But my, my, my wider question is, why do that to yourself? I mean, the guy, you know, the team that designed the graphics for that one shot, why put mm. the date of birth on there? It's just setting yourself up for all of these traps and problems. Just like, no, just leave it off. Just put... Why not just have, why not just have like favorite uh, favorite flavor ice cream? You know what? Or that goes back yeah. to Peter Hunt at the 1994 LA Bond convention. It's like you could tell he was like so annoyed with all these fans who had their VHS recorders who would like go back and like spot mistakes <laughs> and like you dweebs, you think you know, like I worked so hard so you couldn't see that <laughs> in a theater and it's like you think you're so great because you can spot these with you know going back and forth <laughs> on a vhs now of course like with digital we can like do it even more detail exactly so why leave yourself open to that obvious Precisely. problem yeah, that's that's what so james when you said that suddenly, I, like, I i don't know i don't know why um hm wakefield needs 3d laser scans of people's heads yeah. but you know yeah i I wondered uh, about that were they making trying to make an ice sculpture or something like that i think they were measuring him for his funko pop (laughs) (laughs) that's probably so uh joe did you have any what was the burning question that leapt out of the trailer for you uh well this is not so much a burning question as much as an observation and but i am curious to see if other people saw this too uh you know when 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 the Lashana Lynch thing was getting thrown around, and a lot of people, you know, said, "Oh, come on, we've done this before," and people referenced Rosie Carver, and you know, as and as I was watching this, I, I actually had a very very distinct flashback to Rosie Carver, specifically because there's a shot later or somewhere in the middle of the trailer where he sees her like in a nightclub, and she's dressed up and she's got a wig on, like she's obviously wearing a wig as her hair is really high. And then it cuts to a shot of the two and the two of them talking, and they're either in a hotel room in a tropical location, or this is the, the the home in Jamaica. But she's sitting on the bed. The wig is gone, and she's wearing a top that's very. It was like a backless top, almost exactly, at least at first glance, as the one that Rosie Carver was wearing. So, so I immediately kind of jumped to. I think that is a deliberate callback. I won. I wondered. I said, "Are they trying to sort of call back to that scene?" And again, I mean, we we've talked about how the Bond films love to sort of do little callbacks to old films. I saw that one. I said that oddly reminds me of that specific scene. 
And weirdly, Anna's, Anna Darmus' dress also looks like a dress Barbara Bach is wearing in Spy Who Loved Me with the sort of, uh, the, the, sort of the silhouette of that dress backless with the straps going up uh, on the front. Very similar, which was pointed out to me on Twitter today. Well, in terms of deliberate callbacks, uh, Empire Magazine did this interview with uh, Carrie Fukunaga but it was like done in this annoying format, like you have to like keep clicking for like these bite-sized things. So in this interview, he said some things about Anna Diarmas that are spoilers, which I won't say here. It's like there might be some other things related to Live and Let Die and other previous movies related to her character. Um I went. I clicked all the way through, and I don't want to say any more. But like, eh, th- there may be more there. What What was the observation, question, query, weird thing that popped um, out for you, David? I think a, a couple of things. I think really, um, one of them is what the hell has happened to M's waistline? <laughs> <laughs> it's It's all those kid. Uh, it's all those uh, steak and kidney pies. Oh uh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good yeah. point. <laughs> I did wonder if that was padding or like, what are they trying to sort of make him look more Bernard Lee like? Yeah, I don't know. yeah he 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 didn't look uh, so he, he didn't quite look so fat in a, in another shot. I thought, mm. but uh, and maybe it was. Bear in mind, he just came off shoot. He just um, came off shooting um, the Kingsman prequel, where he's this star action star of it. So mm. I think you know, can't see it. That would be his natural physique. Yeah. And the other thing was uh, Blofeld at one point refers to um, a secret and he says, uh, when it gets out, it'll be the death of you. And it's, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> I think if we know anything about villains in the Craig era, they're mostly talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is James Bond. It won't be the death of him, will it? We'll just give him a, you know, maybe a, a uh, bad day. He hasn't, but he, he hasn't got time for that anyway. So, sorry. And, and he's still got one good knee, so uh, he'll be mm-hmm. fine. All right. He's angsting so much about other things. So, like, yeah. So, um, winners and losers from the trailer, I think the big winner is Lashana Lynch. Mm. Because even though we only saw her for a few seconds and a few lines, all the people that were critiquing what that character is going to be like, I think that was a sit down and shut the fuck up trailer. Well, I was about to say, I'm not going to repeat the worst comments I've seen on Bond fan videos, but like they were ridiculous. And it's like, she's fine. For, you know, in this, okay, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I thought she, she was dynamite in yeah, this trailer. Exactly. I, I was very pleasantly surprised by that. And I, I, I don't know what I was expecting from her necessarily, but I, I, I honestly, I thought she just, she was a kick-ass character she, when, and, and she can show, she showed very clearly that she could dress up when she wants. And, and then, you know, she's down to business later. I, I thought she was great. And I think the fear that she's going to upstage James Bond, I, I don't know how you could see this trailer and still be concerned with that. Cause I thought, this was very, very much a James Bond dominated trailer. She had great kick-ass moments, but this is this is a Daniel Craig movie. You would not mistake her for the star of the movie based on the trailer. And Daniel Craig is clearly the star of the movie, but she's like a very important presence in the movie. The the other takeaway I, the other takeaway I had was um 
does any does it do any of the characters like each other in this film? Because it seems that every everybody has everybody's got conflict, and I think that's great hmm. as a setup. Yeah, which is true in most offices in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I did think the Scooby Gang is back together again. Mm. They are mm. going to Q's place to, which is a positive. <laughs> if that ends up being the movie, that's a great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of the Scooby Gang. We don't need any more of that. Uh, I, I'll just say one well, thing. Yeah. I didn't see Tanner. Yeah, they're both there. Tanner's 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 holding his clipboard in the background mm-hmm. out of focus, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a very very quick presence, but he's there. I was about to say the the main thing I had my, the main question I had is what is the villain up to, and I say that in a positive way. It's like I wanted to find out more, but I you know. I don't need you to tell me more at this stage of the proceedings. So it's like, that made me interested. Like, what is Rami Malek actually up to? There were like some intriguing lines that, you know, in the trailer. So and like, visuals, okay. the lightsaber cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like a cult thing. I, I, I appear to be a cult. I don't know what it is. So. Well, yeah, this is something like, about, uh, what, what is it? He's, uh, what, what's the quote that he has where him and Bond are sat opposite each other? It's something about, um, once your body is gone, that's all you have, or something like that. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. Yeah. Is he a clone? I mean, that is a possibility that springs. Oh my God, another Austin Powers link. <laughs> but, 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 but I don't know. Mm. No. Yeah, actually watching the trailer. So it's like, what does he mean? Where is this going? He could so be I'd referring like to, to like more. his legacy, or I was I immediately went to like Black Mirror kind of stuff, and him he's like trying to upload his consciousness into ah. some kind of uh, machine. Um, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah I got one one last quick one, which was um whoever was leaking stuff to the sun was accurate on absolutely everything. We kind of knew most of it was right, but the last leak that the sun got from the person was on the last week of filming when they did the nightclub scene in Cuba and the and they said, well, everybody gets gassed and falls down. You see it very quickly in the trailer when the spotlight gets thrown on bond in the nightclub in Cuba and every, and then the, and there's particles that looks like mist comes out and then he's the only one left standing. So like, ding, you know, that whoever was feeding them um, info from the sun, that uh, the sun was, was on the set a lot by the looks of it. So I just had a tweet from someone who sent a screenshot of the, the shot where Daniel Craig has the spotlight on him and um, they've circled some people in the crowd who they believe are um spectre agents returning like dr vogel um is apparently there um it's kind of hard to tell in the video was it the the spectre christmas party (laughs) well yeah it it looks that way doesn't it uh like the the team building retreat to cuba (laughs) actually i was about to say that's actually one of the more intriguing visuals in that trailer Mm. Where, where like Craig is like standing amongst all those people with the spotlight on him. Mm. And then uh, Anna de Armas is like standing presumably nearby. Yeah, I, I couldn't put that whole sequence together. And that's, it's probably not intended to, for me to put it together, but that was intriguing. I mean, that's why I found the whole uh, overall, the uh, trailer intriguing. There were all these things I wanted to know more about. 
but I knew they weren't going to give it to me, which is fine. So like that makes me want to find out more about the film. Hmm. So if the proportion of action in the trailer is representative of the proportion of action in the film, are we good with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer them to dial it back. If they want to have a billion dollar box office, yeah, that's they're they're probably going to have have to have that much action um, because to, to get to the because to get to the billion dollar club, you you're up against uh, oh the Fast and the Furious and all that stuff. So at, at this point, I assume there's going to be a ton of action because. I think it's pretty clear they want to be in the billion dollar club. They, they, uh, when Skyfall came out, oh, we're in the billion dollar club. Well, that's great, but if you want to stay in the billion dollar club, you know, there's some trade offs you have to make. David, you're more of a dial it back. Yeah, fan. it's. Um, I'm, I'm not a great fan of of uh, films that have too much action. Uh, just 20 minute underwater diving scenes right <laughs> yeah I, I can deal with that absolutely yeah 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 that's uh, that that appeals much more to me yeah and i want to be clear i'm not necessarily advocating for the billion dollar um scenario i'm just saying if you want to play in that uh if you want to play in that pool you have to make some trade-offs. So I think one one of the big reasons skyfall made a billion though was because um it had an outstanding trailer, which was called the Olympic opening ceremony, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I didn't see which James Bond parachute once in that film. Queen <laughs> yeah. got cut. Her scenes were cut entirely. <laughs> yeah, and she had a stunt double. I hate to break it to you, but yeah, she didn't really. Uh, she didn't really jump off the that's plane. So lame. What? What? No. I'm, I'm just looking at that tweet that you retweeted, Calvin, with the screen grab from the Cuba scene. And yeah, there, there's people from the, the Spectre meeting from Spectre are in the crowd there. Mm, this seemed like they it. Get, no. They all drop to the floor. I didn't get the impression so. that that was the nightclub in the two times I watched it. So it seemed like everyone was in suits. I think you've been going to the wrong nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 the phone is going off here. Oh, oh, let's see. I got to take this call. Hello, Spy Command here. Uh, hello, Bill. This is Michael G. Wilson. Uh, I was, he uh, uses his vanity G on Michael. the phone? How are things- <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the phone. Excuse me. Uh, Michael, how are things going? Uh, I'm very excited. I was just wondering how the James Bond and Friends uh, panel is thinking about the uh, – trailer oh michael it's a very enthusiastic crowd here uh, you're you're doing fine oh really yeah oh yes yes well well thank you i just wanted to check it well take care don't don't worry about it michael okay all right i'm done uh, what was there was there anything that anybody spotted that they didn't like no i it never even occurred to me until now that there might be something in it that i don't like uh I'll give you one for start. I'll give you one for starters. As much as I love him, Jeffrey Wright sounded like he was reading the phone book. I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. Do you think that's consistent with his portrayal of Felix, though? I don't know if he. No, there wasn't. There wasn't even any kind of sourness to it. <laughs> mm. Maybe, maybe he's chilled out too much <laughs> in Jamaica. He's way chilled out. <laughs> I, uh, well, I I did notice uh, by her earrings that Lashana Lynch is right behind Daniel Craig in the in the Jamaica scene when he's talking to Jeffrey Wright. So she's 
she's tailing him. I, I guess that Jeffrey, you know, that Felix has come to Jamaica to look look for uh, for Bond, but Lashana's already on the case. She's she's sort of luring behind him in that shot and has not revealed herself yet. So. Oh, so how about this then, Phil? So a reversal of Doctor No, where 007 is tailing Felix in Jamaica. There it is. Right? It could be. I think we're reading way too much into this now. That was a deep, deep callback for uh, all five of us and no one else. I, I did have one thought, and it's not it's really not an over negative, but it's just a thought. I, I, I did sort of watch this and I said to myself, you know, despite all the the Bond tropes are definitely represented here. And I like the cleverness of how they have a little spin on them. We mentioned the Bond, James Bond, and the shot down that corridor that looks very much like the gun barrel. And I like that a lot because it kind of reminded me of Casino Royale because Casino did that where they took a lot of the tropes but mm. sort of put a spin on them. Uh, I think the only concern I thought mm-hmm. as I'm watching this, though, is despite the tropes, I, is this going to feel like a James Bond film? Uh, it, it definitely looks like a film that I'm going to enjoy, a very competent spy thriller. But will it feel like a James Bond or is it just going to feel like, a, again, a, a good action thriller with a couple of Bond touches? Well, Joe, let me ask you this. Which of his four films didn't feel like a Bond film to you? Uh, which did not? Uh, yeah. That's an interesting question. I guess a lot of them kind of depart from the traditional bond uh, i think casino <laughs> to me probably feels like the most like a bond film uh yeah. the rest a little less interesting to me skyfall if you look at it and break it down into like sort of scene by scene on index cards it's it's the most standard bond film in terms of flirting with like after after he comes back from the dead he's he's comes to the office outside of M's office. He flirts with Money Penny. He gets his mission. He goes to Q. Like the beats are all there, but they're all inverted in very strange ways. Like instead of going to Q's lab, they go to a museum. Like it's it's uh, almost as if it's a very conscientious reclamation of the formula, but spinning it. And so when you said that note about what this trailer looked like it was doing, that was encouraging to me because I think maybe we're going to get another stealth, quote unquote, formula Bond film, but just dressed up in, in a way that makes it feel new. I feel like when I'm watching this, I'm saying to myself, when I see all that's going on, uh, especially the Madeline scenes, I'm saying to myself, that, and and frankly, just when, you know, at the end of Spectre, when he kind of goes off onto the, into the sunset with her, um, again, all of the films have Bond going off into the sunset with the woman, but this one definitely had this feel like, but he's not kidding this time. Like, they're going to really do this for real. He's retiring, et cetera. So, with all that in mind, now that they're doing this in this film, you know, he did go off into the sunset. She's back for another one. There's betrayal. There's this. I'm saying this really feels like we're kind of getting away from the the, the traditional Bond film. Not that it's bad. And I'm not saying that it's again, I'm very excited for this film. But but is that mm. a thing? Is, is it going to depart? Departure is sort of going to be the hallmark of his run at the end of the day. Every one of the films was, was very, you know, much not a standard Bond film. And you're, you're going to have this era of experimental, you know, coloring outside the lines of the, of the franchise. And, and it's going to make whoever comes next, you know, it's going to be a, a fresh, breath of fresh air to sort of, you know, just get back into the saddle and, and uh, try to, like, bring it back to basics. So I think to you've speak. just written the, the reboot marketing <laughs> campaign. But I think it's a good point, Phil. I mean, if you were, you know, we've talked about like what they're going to do to reboot and it's a new timeline and everything. I think the, the, the bigger the departure they make from the formula in this film, the better for the reboot. The contrast will be yeah. higher. 
And the way they kind of tend to chase trends a little bit with these producers, I think one of the um, one of the things I've been saying to folks, and what wouldn't surprise me a bit, is if the next iteration of Bond is sort of a PG Kingsman kind of vibe, a little bit silly, a little lighter, hmm. uh, and and not you know hardcore violence. <laughs> I think one of the hallmarks of Craig era is that he gets hurt a lot more emotionally and physically and it takes a really long time to recover he's involved in a lot of action in this film so hopefully hopefully by the time you get to the end of the picture he's kind of fighting form and fit and we can just like draw a line under it and say <laughs> he's back yeah when he's back at mi6 it's it he's he's very much been in a scrap at that point other than too much action was there anything on the on the eh kind of so i don't think there was I, I, I get i guess i've got um another question actually which is and i i know that for trailers they tend to use uh different composers but the the music sounded fairly thomas newman-esque to me i just wondered what anyone else thought about that is is thomas newman back for this have they did they did, did they use no. you, you, you know that for sure james yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd go to bat to say that, yeah, that Thomas Newman's not back. But, I mean, they have the rights to use whatever yeah. music's in their catalog, right? So, I mean, for the Spectre trailer, they, they used a bit, a riff of yeah, Majesty. That's, that's true. So, you know, um, which, you know, as we've talked about before, my greatest disappointment at the film was that <laughs> that motif wasn't in the frigging yeah. car chase. But no, it's, it's not Newman. But that was interestingly absent from the press release as mm. to who the composer was. So maybe it'll be a double announcement with the mm. title song artist sometime later. Usually it'd be, a, it'd be a bit about a month or two before we get that, probably. The last two films dropped the song five or six weeks before the movie came out. They were both very late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the rules are out the window here. Yeah, but they, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, the, the, the whole marketing... The marketing calendar has just been ripped up with this, stuff, so. and, and and rightly so because you know the means people consume stuff now has changed. So why keep the same routine? I've, I've got another um, uh, observation, which which I think the, yeah. the Bond lifestylers uh, should take note of is that there's a, a lot of paramilitary chic going on in the uh, trailer. So um, rather than wait for N. Peel and Oliver Brown to produce their hyper expensive. Uh, clothing you just go to an army <laughs> army surplus shop and save uh, like hundreds of dollars you can you can get a real itchy version of that sweater for about 50 bucks but, uh... <laughs> I, yeah it, 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 that, that's what it does look a sure. bit like he works for brink security or g4 with the with the elbow pads and everything but uh, <laughs> uh traffic warden has that same kind yeah, of sweater. Wedding tickets in jamaica yeah oh, and especially if you can get them on amazon do Amazon ship to Jamaica? But if he is retired, I mean, that's what yeah. he would have access to, right? So, <laughs> army surplus. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my question was now, has Madeline been recruited by MI6? Because she's there with the clipboard and ready to work when they go to interrogate Brotherfell. It certainly looks that way, doesn't it? It's a yeah. friggin' Stockholm Syndrome, isn't it? <laughs> Walked in, in by a Nomi at that point. Of all the of all the gin joints in all the world, she's HR would have something to say, right? She's certainly got a look on her face. She like looks at Madeline and like, oh, drama! It's gonna, it's gonna fly. That's right. She she dumped Bond and had to get a job. And oh, she had, answered a one ad like, oh, 
Um, <laughs> something like that. It, it was an interesting scene because you would think that if Madeline was going to be brought in in some capacity, you would think she'd be brought in as a witness or, you know, someone mm. who can, who they would question and say, tell us more about this organization, et cetera. The fact that she's holding the clipboard definitely does mm. suggest that she's working there. And. Right. So oh, it's like, true. so it's like, no, me like when you twist <laughs> the knife into bond figuratively, yeah. like, yeah, Bond. Yeah, I got you. But, um, but to, to your point, Calvin, isn't uh, Miranda Frost describes Bond as somebody who will provoke mm. to get, you know, to elicit a reaction. And so having Nomi bring Madeline in to meet, to face, knowing that Bond was going to be there. That is a good Is point. one of his, uh, yeah. his playbook, isn't it? Oh, very good. And she's holding a clipboard when Barbara Broccoli said, Bond women will never hold a clipboard <laughs> again. She said back in nine, in 2012, oh, never mind. Don't hold me accountable for what I but, said. I mean, that goes back to my mm-hmm. point where I don't think anybody in this film likes each other, likes each other much. Um, and conflict. Um, there was also a thing we've talked about in a previous podcast, whereas if, you, if you've got to do mm. exposition, do exposition with conflict. So I, the fact that everybody's kind of not getting along kind of solves that problem for the writers. You you either do it that way or you do it where the most colorful char- colorful supporting character does the exposition. So like a non-Bond example in the uh, uh, disaster movie Airport from 1970, like the most c- colorful character is played by George Kennedy. He's this... He's, oh, I forget what he does, but he's like, you know, it's like every time he's in the scene, like everybody looks at him because he like, you know, draws everyone. So he like explains how um, decompression works when, when something happens, when there's a rupture in an airplane, he's like, all this stuff is like, he does this and it's like, you know, Burt Lancaster can like sit by helplessly while (laughs) George Kennedy steals all the scenes (laughs) from him. Um, that that's another way to. So that's uh, why they needed to get Jeffrey Wright back as Felix, then, eh? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm not gonna have many scenes in this movie, Bond, but I'm gonna like hog the scenes for every one I got. Does anybody want to comment on the look of it? Very blue. Because, um, we 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 are out of yeah, the brown. teal. The- uh, which makes sense with the marketing we've seen lately, I suppose. A lot of teal walls. More yes. M- more color mm. variety mm. than Spectre. Yeah. It'd be hard not to. Black and blue. Mm. Mm. I yeah. I was I was thrilled to see the color palette of the of the trailer. I thought that they were all vivid and like you said, that teal that kept showing up, mm. nice. And I and I kind of feel like this is slight vindication because I I think I was kind of defending the poster, the, that mm. first poster that came out, and I, I said the uh, that odd teal color. I said, well, if this relates to the film, then it works. But you know, well, there mm. you go. There's your teal. So I guess. Now yeah, we sort of see what that was about. Yeah. Now I'll have to eat my which, words which, and actually buy a copy of that poster. <laughs> which, which apparently comes into play in the Cuba sequences because I think that color palette's like all throughout that. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. So who will be the um, who will be the um, oh sacrificial lamb? Because there's another uh, um, fan theory that uh, Felix will get it. There's mm, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Oh, cute. 
Oh, mm. would they be as bold? Because in one of the early drafts of what was to become Spectre, Q is kidnapped and tortured, isn't he? Yeah. Well, Cal- Calvin, you made you made the. I, I heard in your video you mentioned the the idea when you saw the guy behind that glass, which was obviously very similar, if not the same glass that's in Q's flat. Mm. It's hard not to draw a parallel and say maybe Q's going to get bumped off or something's going to happen in Q's flat. Yeah, totally. Um, we mentioned earlier, kind of like based on like how the mask isn't cracked there and he's wearing the same Parker as he was um, in the snow scenes. I don't know if it will be, but it's it's just an odd creative choice, I guess, mm. on the production design part to include that very distinctive glass in those two places. But, but, but again, um, I go back to Dr. Cuts. No. It's like, were they not aware of Dr. No with that, that kind of glass? Because mm-hmm. when I saw that, that brief video on Sunday night, that's the first thing I thought of was was that thing from Dr. No. And and I put out a quick tweet, like, you know, I, I went to my TV, took a you know, put Dr. No DVD in the in the DVD player and took a quick picture and then like compared to the compared it against the uh that that teaser video. And it's like to me it's like obvious, but like maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. Mm. Well, they they even went to the trouble to show. I mean, when they showed us the little mini teaser over the weekend, yeah, like eleven seconds, it's like the last eleven shot. frames of right. Yeah. That was one of the ones they chose, and that's and I kind of and that's what reminded me of Doctor No. That the eleventh second of that fourteen second video. It's like wait a minute. Like it's like my brain was like suddenly bursting. Wait a minute. That glass is like in Dr. No. It's like, and I knew where it was. I just had to find it. So production design hasn't really been talked about in this film because we haven't seen any pictures from the film till today. Mm. Um, You know, gone by, you know, Pete Lamont gone a while ago back on Casino. And we've had, um, oh, forgive me now, Paul, step in, please. Dennis Yes. Right, he got he got replaced after um, Danny Boyle. Danny yeah. Boyle left, and the set then the the sets sets were built yeah. for Boyle. So, um, and so they kept they kept I, his I kinda, choice for uh, production designer on after Boyle left, which means that he must have been doing yeah. something they liked whilst they're prepping right. the Boyle film. And judging by the sets we've seen in the trailer, can't yes. argue. Mm. I think it looks really interesting but a little bit of ken adam vibe i don't know what you guys felt about it oh yeah especially with um saffin's lair yeah the the the, the villain's lair is definitely ken adam yeah that's, uh, that's one of the things i i referred to at the beginning it's got ken adam dna stamped right through it yeah i agree this sort of take the uh, take the uh, excitement out of the character posters that only just dropped yesterday, which everyone was buzzing about until this trailer dropped. Yeah, and the, the photos that they released were really just to make sure everybody had a shot of the cast for their write ups, rather than taking screen grabs of the trailer. Mm. So uh, smart, but it was it was the first look at the villain, and it was the first time you saw Q, and uh, mm. it was uh, it, it was a nice appetizer before the before today. I was very excited to see those drop. And uh, as someone said, I, I, maybe it was someone on this podcast, but someone said that the title treatment is finally getting normalized if you, you're seeing it enough. <laughs> right. People. There was a, a brief flare of <laughs> comments again, but uh, 
Well, the worst thing they could I have done think... was to change it out midway through the production process or the marketing process. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, we hear you. We're going to make it more interesting. We'll put the double S logo on it. <laughs> I, I did think that. I was kind of like, oh, wow, they're really sticking with that, I guess. Uh, I even had a little animation for it. Yeah, yeah interesting. They, they, you know, they leave that, uh, that weird stuff to the Sonic Hedgehog guys to... You know, redesign the whole thing because fans are complaining. But Eons can do it. There's still a mom and pop shop. Michael, Michael, the render's just finished. Do you really need me to reconform this After Effects sequence again? <laughs> oh, no, just go with it. All right. <laughs> Phil, this is more a question for you because you live in a wider universe than just James Bond. Um, how do you think the trailer's going to get picked up, commented on, reported, viewed in the wider market? Compared to say, compared to say, compared to like the one that we came out yesterday that we won't mention. I think the um, I, I have firsthand information about this. My friend who writes for both movies, Death, uh, who could not give a crap about James Bond, is so excited for this, and it's it's all of the new names that are being that are behind the camera. Carrie Fukunaga is getting a lot of non-Bond fans excited about this movie. Mm. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is getting a lot of non-Bond fans excited about this film. And I think the trailer reinforced all of that for them. They, they, they saw something visceral and visually exciting, and it wasn't the same kind of uh, Bond iconography that you are accustomed to seeing as a, if you're a casual observer. Um, there was some extra exciting stuff in there for them. Uh, but to come back to something, one of the early things, one of you folks said, more than a few people were asking me, do I need to rewatch Spectre? Because I don't remember who any of these people are. And uh, I do think that there is a risk that the production has banked on people remembering that movie a little bit too much. Because casuals watched it four and a half years ago, or four years ago, I guess this month, and forgot about it. I think they're um, counting on how um, people go to Marvel movies mm. who haven't seen every Marvel movie before that and um, are willing to get caught up. Um, sure. Someone does the work of catching that, that viewer up, though. I mean, like, that's baked into the films. I think they, they engineer them so right. that you can jump in. And I hope that they've done their due diligence here when, and not in a ham-fisted way that, that you can get dropped into this and be brought up to speed relatively quickly on who Madeline is and who Blofeld is. Uh, you know, because it's it's just not and it's four years and, and, and the, the world doesn't work like that anymore. I think, you know, folks Yeah, and just imagine it's like the universal logo fades out and it fades up and Madeline turns to Bond because yeah, remember when we first met a couple of weeks ago in that clinic? <laughs> <laughs> how come your dad how, how come how come your dad's not giving you away at the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, and bond says who are There's you a- again um but <clears throat> the, the trailer though to, to go back to this point the trailer assumes you know who she is why would i betray you it's the first thing you hear when you see them and he says we, everyone has seen we haven't gotten to yours yet and i think most of your quote-unquote billion dollar skyfall audience is going who is this what is happening um, or either that, or they assume like there's all these divorced couples out in the audience. And, oh, this is like this is life. Like, this is I see no problem with this. Let's hope. <laughs> but yeah, the wider folks are are jazzed, but a lot of them are wondering how tied this is to Spectre. And like, I've got a few days going. I need to sit through Spectre again, and I volunteered, you know, to just bring all my friends up to speed so they don't have to watch Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a little primer and tweet it out. Spectre in 60 seconds is what we need. Yes. Tell do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. All you need to know for um, no time to die in. <laughs> you know, that's not actually well. a bad shout. <laughs> Boy. We don't have John Clark yeah. here to, to execute it for us, but, you know, Joe, Joe, he might be listening. Joe's also an editor. Joe could, Joe could I might, I might do a post quick. about this. You got my mind going, I'm telling you. <laughs> you guys put it out there. I'll spread the word. You could do, do the whole Craig tenure in, in 30 seconds. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, da- oh, I'll give you 10, 15 seconds. Daniel Craig, James Bond, angst. <laughs> Conclusion. All right. Move on. We're ready to go. Fails all the missions, doesn't get the girls. <laughs> Craig movies aren't exactly the James Bond movies you're used to, but here we go. Not your daddy's James Bond. No, you're right. And I was joking about Madeline's dad, but one thing that they're using as a callback, I think, is the obviously is Madeline on the train inspector says, oh, so, you know, when I was a little girl, a guy came to my house and everybody's been latching on to that's Rami Malek, right? But there's a throwaway line from Mr. White, which is, oh, um, yeah, her mother left us years ago, or my wife left years ago. Mm. So this, that character's still out there in that universe. <laughs> Madeline's mom is still a loose thread, and we know how much they hate loose threads in the Craig era. Mm. So you heard it here first. That might be, if they wrap it up <laughs> and don't mention it again, that's, mm. that's one thread that they left for... The ultimate Bond villain, Bond's mother-in-law. It's the mother-in-law. <laughs> you guys just cracked Bond 26. I think, it's, I think it's ready to go. Daniel Craig as James Bond 007 in The Mother-in-Law. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we have a future uh, episode about that, um, which we won't mention here. <laughs> but it's all recorded in the can. So That's right. Yeah. History isn't kind to men who play God. I'm guessing everybody, we should just see how we watch this. I mean, I'm guessing everybody just, everybody except one person on here refreshed YouTube at 30 minutes past their hour, which for me was oh, no. 5.30 in the morning. So, <laughs> yay. Would have been two in the morning for me, so nope. I'd actually have preferred to do two in the morning, Paul. I could have just stayed, stayed up, watched it, and gone to bed versus getting up at five. But, but um, well, I'll, I'll volunteer. I watch it on Good Morning America, and which meant, enduring 90 minutes of uh, needing an insulin shot before it finally came on. And I I too watched it that way, but on a very sort of, yeah, uh, questionable link (laughs) online. Oh, it's not questionable. It's like watching it live on your TV. That's questionable. (laughs) It's like you watching it by circumventing around ABC. That's fine. That's, That's the best way to watch. Because <laughs> you cheated, you cheated ABC out of, out of If you're a real fan, you got to put up with some nonsense. So. We know this. You get up, you suffer through this stuff. I mean, I got up at five a.m. for the Spectre Press thing. I think when it was in uh, England. <laughs> and here in the East Coast, we had to get up at five a.m. to watch it happen, or something like that. Yeah. And and I'm taking all the all that um, you know all that section about spices <laughs> that led into the Bond <laughs> trailer. Uh, I know turmeric and uh, black pepper combined is very good for digestion <laughs> and so. adam sandler having a chance nice. of getting an oscar nomination <laughs> all right <laughs> sorry yeah I'm, I'm still beside myself that someone actually thought this was this was story. i i um i'll tell you guys i i don't even actually have cable because i kind of can't stomach regular tv i just have internet so i just chilled out and waited for youtube to pop 
pop up the uh, the trailer, and it, it was actually I was actually stunned. I don't know if you noticed the, but they actually put out like it was something like ten different versions at once in multiple languages. I went to the German and the Italian ones just to hear him say Bond James Bond in a weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to supercut that that trailer with all the different languages for Bond James Bond <laughs> at the desk, right? All the different accents. I was just looking at the ratings for the U.S. morning shows. Uh, I'm guessing Good Morning America is the most popular show, because why else? If you if, if Universal are distributing it, why go to the rival network? Oh, I forgot the other one of the many segments before we got to the trailer was oh, there's these figures being inducted to the <laughs> Hall of Fame, and one of them happens to be oh, the CEO of Walt Disney Company, our boss, and like oh God. So that took another five minutes mm. of my life that I won't get Oh, and back. we should mention that MGM paid to have this on Good Morning America. For the whole segment. Yes, it was an infomercial. Wow. So they actually paid a rival network versus using their own one for free. Right. Wow. For like, I'm trying to think, it was like eight minutes, eight minutes minus the trailer. So about 13 minutes, maybe 12. Yeah, I just put up like the last month's viewers. So the A1 demographic, so that's 25 to 54 males, right? They only get a million viewers. In that in the the major demo, I watched it live, and then I saw what a piss poor job they did of presenting it, and switched over to YouTube after the Q and A to watch the trailer properly. Yeah, the the two main U.S. morning shows are Good Morning America and Today, and their audience skews very old. Both of them, it does. You know, it's like, I mean, you look at the ads <laughs> like uh, adult diapers, uh, diabetes <laughs> medication, um, catheters. <laughs> It's just just watch the commercials and you'll get an idea of the demographics of those shows. So I, I just put the I just put up last week's ratings. It was three point seven million viewers. So it's out of the country. That's not even one percent, more or less. So it's a but the thing weak is, show. they're also those shows are the main source of profits for both ABC News and NBC News. Um, those morning shows. It's just no whatever. It's. So in hindsight, is this is this good timing for Bond? I mean, to follow so closely on the Marvel trailer? The trailer underwhelmed a lot of people, so it wasn't as much of a competition as oh. uh, a stronger title might have been. I put I put Sky News on the hour before we record this, and there was no mention of it, which is weird because they were playing the Black Widow trailer in the in in the gaps. So well, let me take a look. Don't know what that says. Like, I'm curious about the. Uh audience views so far just uh, just a second black bit black widow trailer uh, <laughs> okay so at sorry 22.5 million views for the uh, black widow trailer which went out 24 hours before uh, bond trailer just fyi and there's a couple of different main No Time to Die trails. Anyway, that's it's not a fair comparison, but yeah, twenty two and a half million for Black Widow as of at the time we're recording. So FYI. given Marvel's account has what nine million subscribers, you'd expect it to be higher than Bond. Right. And I have to admit yes. I'm not like a, I'm not a particular Black Widow fan, FYI, but it's kinda like they've got the momentum from all those other Marvel movies, so which they kick out every once every three months or once every 
four months, whatever. Interestingly, IGN's already got half a million on it. Mm-hmm. They just reposted it. All right, Paul, did you have anything else on the uh, the agenda, Rooney? This is the first time that James Bond gets a hashtag on Twitter that actually has a little icon next to it. Uh, it certainly is, yeah. Probably paid for. If it's not, it's the first time in a long time, probably the first time since Spectre. If, yeah, I mean, probably the last time it got one would... If it happened before, it would have happened with Spectre. I don't think it's happened. Since. I, I, I don't think they. I don't think they did hashtags like that back then. Though it's that's a it's a relatively new. Bill remembers when the Spectre premiere happened. Mm. <laughs> uh, I remember a lot. I remember a lot that happened. I'm, that's the uh, privilege of being old. Um, actually, weren't weren't there like a. Weren't there like a couple special uh, hashtags? I think there were like but two that's, or three. That, that's, that's, a, so. that's a sponsored thing. Yeah, you have to pay for that to get a little logo on there. So. And Jim's doubling yeah. down. Banco. Has anyone seen any other photos of Times Square? Are they rotating through the character profiles? Or is that just the... They've just gone for Anadamas? Yeah, I saw they had Bond up there initially. So at least... Two yeah, she, she would be a strange pick if they just left one. I'm sure they must be rotating through all of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that about covers it from me. So uh, thanks, guys, Thank for joining you me with your uh, your takes. James, would you like to, to sign off formally for us and our co-hosting adventures? Yeah, it's like we've used them on the last couple of episodes, but we never even talked about it. And that's that Boy George put out a uh, track written for the film, knowing it wouldn't be used. And he jokingly said on Twitter, it was just to piss off Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess <laughs> should play out that again in, in the absence of having anything else. Uh, this week <laughs> so thanks very much everybody and um, thank, you. thank you thank you thank, thank, thanks, thanks for inviting me and hopefully um, we never have to sit through Good Morning America again I will <laughs> <laughs> right, I will thanks, not heaven <laughs> <laughs>